This is Jason Holleran. I proudly served for 33 years, culminating as the Deputy Commandant at West Point. Put this on your calendar. World War II weekend inside Old Bethpage Village Restoration on Long Island. Scores of operational vintage armor in formation May 18th and 19th. Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman invites you to join him in saluting America's greatest generation and all those who have worn the uniform in defense of our freedoms. That's May 18th and 19th, presented by the Museum of American Armor. The Red Apple Media Podcast Network presents This is Protecting America. Now, here's Emmy-winning journalist Rita Cosby. And welcome to another edition of Protecting America. I'm Rita Cosby. Nearly three weeks after the terrible train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio, Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg finally went to the site. And President Biden is still MIA. Couple this with our wide open U.S. border with illegal migrants crossing at a record pace. And it begs the question, is Joe Biden's policy America last, not America first? And joining us now to discuss all of this is Betsy McCoy. She is a former lieutenant governor of New York. She's also the chairman of the Committee to Reduce Infection Deaths. You know, it is so great to have you here, Betsy. You do so much work in this space. Let's start out, first off, your reaction to what happened in Ohio, just this horrible derailment. Biden's policy is migrants first, Americans last. And that policy was on full display in the terrible days following this Ohio train disaster. Take FEMA, for example. FEMA is the agency that is supposed to rush to any natural or man-made disaster, rush with food, housing, medical care, drinking water, everything that's needed when people are victims of a tragedy like this. Where was FEMA? Two weeks went by, and FEMA refuses to declare this chemical spill surrounding the train wreck a disaster. They refused to give it disaster status, and they weren't there to help the people of East Palestine. You know, they call it FEMA, Federal Emergency Management Agency, but really what FEMA stands for is first embrace migrants and aliens, because FEMA is always there waiting when those buses roll into Washington, D.C. or New York or other cities carrying migrants from the southern border. FEMA is there with lots of money funding volunteers to hand out hotel rooms and rental assistance and everything else those migrants need. The same things the people in East Palestine needed. You're absolutely right. The juxtaposition is stunning. Let me ask you first off, about Ohio. How bad do you think the situation is for the citizens there, for the residents in Ohio? Well, it's frightening, and we don't know how long the long-lasting the implications will be. People have been told that they're safe to return to East Palestine, but when families return, they're having sore throats, they're having burning eyes, and until, believe it or not, until yesterday, 
the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, HHS, which is the health agency of the federal government, they weren't there. So people were really left to fend for themselves. Local doctors were saying, well, maybe you can call poison control. They didn't know whether all of these symptoms, which are still bothering the local residents, were the result of the chlorine burning in the air. And it's very frightening. Chlorine is a substance that is known as a carcinogen. It causes liver cancer. In some cases, it causes brain cancer and lung cancer. And of course, people are extremely frightened. Betsy, why do you think Biden and his administration has been MIA basically on Ohio? You know, it is so shocking to me, Rita, that the left is so ideologically blind to the notion that you put Americans first. They are totally blind to that. They don't understand that people expect their elected political leaders to address these emergencies before they go to other parts of the world. In in Biden's case, and people have different views of the war in Ukraine, I wish the people of the Ukraine well, but the fact is that to go when his only purpose was to mark the first anniversary of this deadly conflict, compare that with actually saving lives, saving the future health of children in East Palestine. Talk about also how long these repercussions could last for the oh, people of East Palestine. They could be permanent. Remember, after 9-11, we saw in the course of several years that people who were at 9-11, victims of the terrible attack, and also rescue workers, policemen, firemen, other first responders coming down with various forms of cancer. So this same thing could happen in East Palestine. And it's extremely upsetting that the federal government offered no health assistance whatsoever. The Department of Health and Human Services waited over two weeks to get there. Meanwhile, that same department is flying illegal migrants, children, from the border to their future homes in various cities around the United States. They're providing free health insurance for illegal migrants. They just approved a waiver for that in the state of Washington. So all of these agencies under Biden have shifted their focus from taking care of Americans to taking care of the illegals coming across the southern border. Those are the people getting the food, the hotel rooms, the free iPads, the free phones, the rental assistance, and even the legal counsel. What did you make of seeing the EPA administrator like clinking glasses, drinking the water out of the tap, and then almost toasting? It was bizarre. It was very, very bizarre. But what really is so much more concerning is how little, how late, and how much suffering is going on in that little town. And, you know, I look at that town. It's a small town of working class people, 98% white. And you know what? The Biden administration has just said, you don't count. You don't count. What do you think it is? You allude to politics. Talk about, because that community also voted it's like either 70 or 80 percent for Trump. Is it politics? There's certainly something at work there. And I also remember Kamala Harris just recently saying that FEMA is going to distribute resources and respond in what she calls an equitable manner. So she says that Communities of color, for example, will get more because they've gotten less in the past. Well, you can see what that means in practice right here in East Palestine.
What would you say to the people of East Palestine? You've helped with a lot of cases like this where people have dealt with environmental issues and other issues. What would you say to them? Well, you know, I would say if you're fortunate enough to have resources, get out for as long as you can. You know, several families went to stay with relatives across the line in Pennsylvania. One family slept on the floor of an apartment in Pennsylvania where their relatives owned real estate. You know, people are struggling, but a lot of people in East Palestine don't have the money to stay in hotel rooms and buy meals in restaurants. This is expensive stuff. And so far, Norfolk Southern, the railroad, is just giving each family $1,000. How far does that go? when you've got kids to take care of and lost wages yourself. You know, Secretary Buttigieg finally goes to East Palestine and kind of under the radar, juxtapose that with when President Trump went. And how much do you think him going there first, obviously, basically was a wake-up call to Buttigieg? Well, it certainly was a wake-up call to Buttigieg and to the Biden administration. And I tip my hat to President Trump for having the political sense, but also just the sheer compassion to do it. But what these people in East Palestine need, they need real resources. And FEMA should declare it a national disaster area so that they can provide for the lost wages, they can provide food, they can rent hotel rooms, sufficient distance from East Palestine. They can provide rental assistance for people who want to rent a house across the border in Pennsylvania. And they can even provide legal counsel because some of these families are going to take action against the railroad for neglecting them for the first two weeks. You know, I'm a grandmother. I have four grandchildren and one more on the way. (laughs) It's very happy for me. So when I think about these small children in that two-mile square area breathing that burning chlorine gas. It's extremely troubling. You may not see the impact of that for several years. You know, in Flint, Michigan, they're still boiling water, to your point. That's right. And several generous companies have delivered bottled water to the people of East Palestine to drink. But I would be worried about even bathing my children in this water. Many of the residents have complained of rashes, skin rashes, since the burning of the vinyl chloride. And, you know, I'm not sure exactly whether that was the right decision. They said that they burned the gas off to avoid the possibility of an explosion. But it was really the burning gas that has made this site so threatening to the residents. How do you think Governor Mike DeWine has handled it? I think he's handled it pretty well, but unfortunately, he did not have the clout with the Biden administration to get this disaster declaration, and that's exactly what's needed in order for the people of East Palestine to be made whole. You know, I'm looking at the small businesses in East Palestine. One business owner was explaining, well, I had to close for several days. You know what that means if you're a business. And then in addition, all of my inventory has been ruined by the lingering odors of this vinyl chloride, which has permeated virtually everything in his shop. Yeah, it is stunning. And you bring up the contrast to the way that they have handled migrants. Talk about the impact that that is having on, obviously, even New York City, but cities around this country, just even economically. Economically, it's been a very big strain in New York, where I see it constantly, but also in Washington, D.C., and in other cities around the country. A big strain in many ways. First of all, these migrant families arrive 
with children, children who in many cases have not been in school for one or two or three years. They've been traumatized by the trip. They speak no English. They're way behind. You put them in a classroom, and suddenly the teacher's attention has to be focused entirely on that migrant child instead of all the other pupils in the class. So if you're the parent of another child in that class, you can just write off that year. Your kid is learning nothing. What do you make of the fact of this sort of war of words that's happening, even with Mayor Eric Adams and the Biden administration? You know, I need more money. And then he's trying to bust some to Canada, but then also increasing lots of hotels in New York. Well, and he doesn't have the guts to call out Biden for what he's doing. This is really a betrayal of the American people. I believe it's a total treasonous betrayal of the American people to allow this flood. Millions of people coming across this border from countries all around the world, not just Central and South America, coming from all around the world. It's a threat to our national security. It's definitely an economic threat. It's diminishing the effectiveness of our schools. It's a threat to every aspect of life here. And when you look at a city like New York, or even the suburbs around New York, where the migrants, and you have to be sympathetic to them, but they have broken the law. They have no place to go. They're sitting on street corners. They're homeless. We have shelters in our cities for homeless people, but they're overwhelmed by the number of migrants coming in. For our own homeless first, including our veterans. I agree. Absolutely. There are a lot of people that are veterans and others saying, we need help. We would love help. And they're seeing all these freebies going to migrants. That is not a good situation. They're not putting our veterans in hotels, but they're renting hotels in midtown Manhattan, on Staten Island, in Queens, and filling them with the migrants. How long are these migrants going to stay here? They're not permitted to work for at least six months. So they're going to be in a hotel for six months with three meals a day delivered, courtesy of us, the taxpayer. It makes us look like complete saps. I know there are many people listening, Rita, who can't afford a hotel, who would love to go on a vacation with their family. They can't afford it, but their tax dollars are going to pay for these hotels for migrants. How many people can afford a New York City hotel to come visit the Big Apple? They're getting it for free. And Betsy, where do you see this headed? Because we still have, obviously, quite some more time with Joe Biden, and we don't know if he's going to run again. Where do you see it going politically? Well, I certainly hope that before the next election, people come to their senses, and when they go to the ballot box, they realize they should not be voting for a migrants-first, Americans-last policy. Well, and I think a lot of people will be thinking that come election time. So much to think about. Thank you. And by the way, everybody, be sure to subscribe and share to this podcast. And Betsy McCoy, so great to have you here, my friend. And thanks for all you do to keep us safe. Keep up the great fight. Thank you. You're welcome. And this podcast is really a national service. It's a public service. And everybody, I'll be back soon with another great edition of Protecting America. And of course, you can catch me every weeknight, 10 p.m. to midnight, on the legendary WABC Radio. This is Rita Cosby, and thanks for all you do to protect America.